Hey everyone, you are listening to the Self-Awareness Journey Podcast. This little banter is about a car ride long and features your hosts, JJ Parker and Melissa Albers. JJ owns a tech company and Melissa has been a coach working with influencers for the last 18 years. JJ, we recently, as you know, um, partnered with a corporate client with the Self-Awareness Journey. Yep, and it's been super fun. It has been super, super fun and unexpected for us because we weren't we weren't planning mm-hmm. on that. Uh, anyway, we have done that, and it's in the two or three weeks of rollout now. And we got this great request from one of their amazing employees to have a podcast about um, str- control and stress, like trying to when do you figure out what you can control and not control. Mm-hmm. And then how do you get rid of the stress that is accumulated in that whole experience of control? Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like that topic because uh, so many of us just think that we control mm-hmm. a lot of the things around us <laughs> when <laughs> in, in my experience, we don't really control that much. No, we actually really do not control that much. Yeah. And there's all sorts of negative stigma around the world, word control even, isn't there? It's like, yeah. you don't ever hear anybody say, oh, wow, you're so good at controlling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's more like you contr- you're a control freak. Yeah. That's how you yeah. usually hear that word associated. Yeah. For some reason, I thought of like someone on a first date, like, oh, tell me about yourself, you know? Well, I'm very controlling. <laughs> oh, oh, wow, cool. Where are we going on our second date? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like if you're in a job interview, tell me some of your strengths. Well, I'm extremely controlling. <laughs> and I carry wow, an, unbelievable maybe... amount of, an unbelievable amount of stress as a result. <laughs> well... So obviously, all joking aside, it is not usually when someone says that they're controlling or you say somebody is controlling, that's not a positive. Yeah. Not a positive yeah. thing. However, people don't like to feel out of control. No. Right? No, There's I, a little yeah. bit two 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 separate things. It's like controlling external things. Right. And then controlling your internal Mm -hmm. being. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe I'll even change the language to not so much controlling internally, but just allowing more being. I think it's the difference between like controlling is more of a constriction. Right. It's like a harder energy that you're trying to hold in or push where um, the opposite of that would be more of an allowing, right? Which to me is yeah. a lot more expansive and lighter and easier. But wow, it's so much easier to go to that controlling piece if there's any level of stress or expectation associated. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about like the external part mm-hmm. first. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. let's talk about the internal part. Oh, that's good. Okay. Because I think separating them mm-hmm. will be easier. Like yeah. for us to talk about instead of like well, one's more of an action and one's more of a reaction. I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, maybe you know, like in our job, right? If if we're at work, mm-hmm. 
like we want projects to go well, right? We want to deliver high quality work. We want to hit our schedules. Mm -hmm. we, we have all of these things. We want to hit our quotas. We want to hit our manufacturing dates. We have all of this stuff. Yeah. And, and we want to apply control yeah. over our systems and our processes and our people mm -hmm. so the whole machine works right. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And when parts of that machine don't do what we want, don't do what we expect, or have a little hiccup, mm -hmm. we what we get upset because our control was not applied effectively. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And and you know, I think like a lot of the times when you're talking about in the workplace, if you're an employee, you have your own set of expectations and things that you want to control. If you're a leader, it's even more because you're you're not only controlling your own outcomes, but you're trying to control the outcomes of an entire ecosystem. Yeah. You know, whoever your department is. And I I think too like it would be important to say that a lot of times you know, we're talking about control and, you know, we, there's a negative connotation to it, but I think that it's also really important to recognize that it comes from a good place oftentimes. You know, it's like we don't go out to, um, we don't say we're going to control something with the intention of being, you know, like a, a world dominating evil. Right. Well, <laughs> right. Yeah. A lot of times at work, we have controls because we don't want people to get hurt. Because we're yeah. working around machinery that could kill them yeah. because right. we've got, <laughs> right. you know, right, right, there's, right. there's very, really good reasons for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then there, then there comes a time, like in the workplace, one of the often questions that come up during coaching, I, I honestly hear it probably at least once a month. And people will ask about, like, let's say they're having an employee issue, like they're having troubles with a particular employee the level of um, responsibility mm -hmm. that a leader will take on for someone else's um, output yes. sometimes goes way out of whack. So yeah. like if they're like an employee isn't performing, oftentimes once a month somebody will say to me, I feel terrible, like they're not doing their job, you know, they've been written up or we've given them a lot of examples, but they're just not performing and then the question is, well, then what needs to happen for you to be able to release them? Mm. And what happens is all this guilt and shame about it. Like they feel like they have to control more of the outcomes that they haven't done a good enough job. Like the leader says, well, I just, I worry that I'm not giving them, giving them enough chances. I'm not giving them the right opportunities. I'm not training them enough. I'm not being there for them enough, even if they have. Mm -hmm. They're just trying to control the outcomes so much that they've lost that perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say one of the things I've learned in my role, like as CEO of the company, is mm -hmm. like I have very little control over yeah. anything. <laughs> I mean, like <laughs> I've, I'll talk to some you know business leaders, and and they have this this thought, this concept that that they're sitting on top of the pyramid and. Mm -hmm. They've got control over mm -hmm. everything be below them on the org chart. And yeah. to me, that is just a, a delusion. Like, it is. There's no yep. way. I mean, you can have sort of a high-level influence. You, go, mm -hmm. you can set culture. You can do some things that have big impact. Yeah. But the idea that you have control is, is, an, is absolutely an illusion. 
Right. But, you know, lots of people aren't thinking about it like this, so they're not openly choosing to evaluate themselves or assess themselves. And so they don't realize that they just are layering on more and more expectation on themselves and trying to control outcomes more and more to the point where they get sideways. Like they they literally behave in a way that is like, wow, they're way out of base. They're way off base. Here, I got this, like, I just came up with this, like, awesome business analogy. It's fresh <laughs> off, it's fresh, it's fresh off the top of my head. Okay. Let it's me sit like, down. It's like you're running a chicken farm, and you got a whole bunch of chicken coops, right? And you're putting all the chickens in the little boxes, right? And you're trying to control uh-huh. where all the chickens are. Um, uh-huh. But in reality, you have, like, a free-range chicken farm, and the chicken's running everywhere, right? <laughs> yeah. My company is, I have free range employees and they just like run all over the place. Can't control where the chickens go at all. Some people are trying to run like the chicken farm with like all the little boxes and getting the employees all in little chicken boxes. (laughs) With little knit sweaters. Okay. And we're getting off topic. Okay. That one didn't work so well. Well. No, but I think, you know, I think that um, here's the other thing that I found really interesting. Depending on your personality style, um, you can try to control things in really different ways. Mm-hmm. Like people that are really detailed, if you look at it just from a personality assessment perspective, so no judgment, but people, um, it's just a more observation and it is an is thing. People that are more detailed um, appreciate more structure. People that are highly detailed are more often risk averse and they like things to mm. be really buttoned down. They yep. don't like to take unnecessary risks. They like to behave in ways that are very predictable. And so that can cause a ruckus when something is trying to change or evolve or grow. This level and need to keep control of the way things are because it feels safer is very well intended and it's just a natural byproduct of a personality type. So it may not even be an, a, a, uh, necessarily a decision that they're making. It's almost more like a it's just in them. It's inherently mm-hmm. how they respond. And then, then the level of stress that can be created as a result of that internal stress and also people around you can feel a lot of stress depending on how big that control piece becomes. Yeah. And like I like you said, it's just an is thing. And the yeah. fact is like as a community, right, mm-hmm. as a yeah. as a, a species that collaborates and works together in a cooperative way, we right. need all these different personalities right. to make yeah, be- to make this magic work, right? Yeah, we yeah. need people to be thinking about the detail and thinking about the what could happens, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. planning for it. And we need the the higher level thinkers or like the more broad stroke yeah. thinkers, the twenty percenters, like you know, give me twenty percent and I'm ready say, to go. What could happen over here, right? And mm-hmm. um, and so we need yeah. all that mixed together. Um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think what you're saying is, Hey, if, if you are a detail planner, um, kind of person, and I was looking out for maybe what could happen or, or what bad thing could happen, that's not bad. That's like one of your strengths, mm-hmm. right? It's, mm-hmm. um, yep. It's just it's, an overused strength becoming a liability. But at if that you go point. too far on it mm-hmm. and apply that to things you simply cannot control, then that becomes really stressful. Right. And then like the opposite personality style, the one that you're just describing, their variety of control is very different. That 
a more global strategic big picture, give me 20% and I don't care if I'm wrong, let's charge ahead, forget about the 80%, we don't care about what we've done in the past, let's just go, like this is how we're going to do it. That also, that kind of control is very different, but mm. it's still the same thing. It's still trying to control. The way mm -hmm. that that control comes off is, is like, stop worrying about the things that you worry about and let's just ride. Who cares? We'll worry about it later. Um, and that, that control can also cause a lot, of a, a lot of ruckus if it becomes overused or unchecked. <laughs> so I think depending on the that's, personality that's style. That's like the YOLO group. Like, YOLO, let's, let's go. <laughs> YOLO, the YOLO group. The YOLO group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but isn't it interesting because I think if we don't have a real understanding of how we are and what things we try to control internally, it comes out in how we interact with people. Mm -hmm. And then it can cause a big pile of issue in our interactions. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, on a person, on a personal front, you know, mm. we've got three kids and I've read a whole bunch of parenting books in yeah. order to, you know, to like, just be a better parent or, or mm -hmm. get through the journey of parenting. Um, and I read this one book and it, there's a, there's a quote in there that really stuck with me. And uh, it was, you are not responsible for your children. This is what they're talking about, the actions of children, right? Like what kids do. So you're not responsible for the actions of your children, but you are responsible to your children for your actions, right? And I like that phrasing. You're not responsible for your children. You're responsible to your children. Yeah, that's really, I like that too. And so when we talk about things that we can control, a lot of us have a parenting experience, right? Where, I mean, from, from probably when they were very little up until now, when my kids are teenagers, um, you know, we can't really control them. So mm -mm. no, we've probably as all much had as you want where, to. Yeah, <laughs> like they're having an absolute meltdown in Target and all we need to do is get the cart 30 feet to the checkout so we can leave, but, you know, um, we have no control over their reaction at that point. We only have control over ours, which is usually not the, the best. In, it's hard, though. Now, in my experience. Now, yeah, because something happens that makes you really upset, and now you're trying to control your own reaction and your experience. Do you know what? Yeah. Like, as you said, the Target thing, I just have to tell you, last year I was at Target at night and there was a mom there with, must have been about a two-year-old son. And that kid was screaming bloody murder. I could hear him across the store. And she had spent all this time, she had an overflowing cart and it was like all necessity stuff like groceries and mm -hmm. diapers and and all she was trying to do is pay for those things. And this child was causing such a ruckus. She could not get her hands on him. He was squirreling around in the cart. He got out of the cart. She was so close to the checkout. He was kicking and screaming on the floor. And oh, she no. was keeping herself so composed. I wanted to just hug her. <laughs> she went and picked him up. Couldn't get a hold of him because he wouldn't let her get a hold of him. And finally, she got him. <laughs> I'll never forget the visual. 
upside down by the waist. <laughs> and he was flailing his arms and legs. And she had him in the best wrestling hold I've ever seen in my life. And she just left the cart exactly where it was and walked out of the store. Oh, and I was that, so sad for that her. That's heartbreaking. Because, yeah. And I, I just thought, boy, I hope there's no one in this store that's judging this woman because she's having no. one of the worst times of her life. And look at how she's staying so on top of it. I was so proud of that woman. It was unbelievable. Yeah. But it's true, though, you know, and, and you could say that for leadership. You could say that in the workplace mm -hmm. as well. There's a lot of times where people act out and you feel responsible to try to control Mm -hmm. what they're saying or doing. And really what, I, what I, I always think about is we can create the conditions and the circumstances for things to go right, but we can't make them go right. Mm -hmm. And it's just like that with the parenting, with that quote. It's like you can create the conditions and circumstances for your children to recognize consistently how they're supposed to act in a family unit, but you can't make them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's the, really interesting. And the more that you, in, the more you try to make them act in a certain way, especially yep. if you've got teenagers, the more they act in mm -hmm. exactly the opposite way. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Some employees do that too, by the way. They're like, oh, really, boss, boss lady? Really? You're going to yeah. be like that? Okay, watch this. Did you just see what she did? Let's just ignore that. Like she's a terrible person. Why does she have to be like that? Yeah, it totally, it totally backfires. <laughs> and that creates a lot of stress because now, you know, the other thing that we, we haven't even talked about, but once you sit in this space of trying to control something that you cannot control, and then you feel the stress of it not working, mm -hmm. what you then will often do is carry yourself way forward in the situation and go, well, now this is what's going to happen next. And what about this? And what should I mm. do then? And what happens when this happens? And now you are in full boat anxiety. Yeah. Yep. So it's a pattern, right? It's a pattern. And it starts with what do you actually have to control and what is an illusional control? Yeah. 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 And <laughs> I think that probably is coming to that, going down that like line of thinking. Mm -hmm. You probably need to sit with that for a little while because sometimes it's not really yeah. super obvious what things you can control and what things are outside your control because yeah. i think that that's true whether we call it control or you know a looser way of it of of describing it as influence right there's things we can influence yeah. to go a certain way yeah i wouldn't call that control because control kind of says like i'm going to apply you know something and i'm going to get an expected result right uh yeah. But thinking about like what things can we actually control? Like Yeah. Like uh-huh. Can I control the things in the world? Nope, can't control the whole world. <laughs> can I control the things in my state, in my city, in my house, in my in my little in my, home office here? I you know. In my kitchen sink. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is I the control... circle of influence? <laughs> <laughs> that I actually have and or, yeah. or even circle of control. And um, when I start thinking about that, I start realizing that it's pretty small. Yeah. It might be I'm, as small as like only me. Yeah. I'm, um, I am a self-proclaimed proudly self-control, uh, um, control freak trying to get over myself. 
Like I really, um, that is something that I've had to work on my whole life is letting go of this notion that I can control all these outcomes. Mm. Um, from the time I was really little, just, I have a strong personality and I would try to control a lot of things and it does cause a tremendous amount of anxiety and it doesn't actually make you feel better even if you control something and the outcome works. Mm -hmm. If you've put a lot of energy towards it and it isn't really actually the best, it actually doesn't make you feel any better. Yeah. You don't, you don't feel good when you control an outcome and it actually happens in the sense that we're discussing it right now. Mm -hmm. Um. So you're right. I mean, what sits in you, I think, is something that's really interesting, like taking your inventory and when you feel that energy come up that just wants to like, like take over, um, notice it in your body. Like that's what I do is I mm. notice it in my body. It's like, oh, I can feel like I'm like my jaw gets tight, you know, like I can feel like, oh, I want to just take that over, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Like, um, and I think it is just having a relationship with yourself where when you recognize your feelings, you recognize your sense of really truly wanting to make something okay so you feel like you have the responsibility to do it. Because a lot of times control, in my experience, has been being too, um, having too much obligation or responsibility, like trying to take too much responsibility and then feeling like I have to control the outcomes because I'm so responsible for it when mm -hmm. I'm not. Let's talk about self-control. Mm. Like, really simply, like, there is a box, you know, there's a little bowl of sweet candy treats over there, and you don't want to, <laughs> you know you shouldn't eat the whole thing. And five minutes later, they're all gone. <laughs> and you're refilling the bowl. <laughs> Just in case. You're going to practice not controlling it again. <laughs> Not we, having self-control again. Like we we talked about, so we talked about like all this external stuff. We talked a little bit about internal stuff, but yeah. But I think the idea that yeah, you know, whereas we can control the things, like we can control our own actions. Even that, we maybe need to think about a little bit because mm -hmm. there are some things that yeah, maybe we can control. They're really hard, like really, really hard, like yeah. dieting, exercise, like things like that. And, and when you don't do them, the guilt and shame you feel yeah. when you miss, miss those little points of control over and over and over really yeah. start adding up. Yep. And, and then you have a lot of the guilt again. Mm-hmm. Why can't I ever do this? And the shame, why am I such a terrible person? Other people seem to be able to not have problems with, with this. Why mm -hmm. do I? And it puts you into a whole spiral, doesn't it? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so self-control, um, there's also some, some illusion there because yeah. you think, you think it would like a lot of us think it should be way easier, mm -hmm. right? Like that is an illusion, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not well, easy, but <laughs> no, no, it's not easy. But I think, you know, in our journey with the self-awareness journey is teaching us all the time that it seems like you have more opportunity to choose for yourself what you want to be in the moment when you have a high level of self-awareness. Mm -hmm. 
it seems like when you're not practicing having high self-awareness, you're much more reactionary, and that's when that self-control really flares up or doesn't. Yep. yep. So having the awareness of your feelings inside and your motivators, like what's motivating me to act right now? Mm -hmm. Why does that matter to me so much that I cannot control what I think, say, or do? Yeah. Yep. That's really interesting. And there's like a lot of things like, um, you know, I've done like me and my, my climbing buddy have done like some, like we did the whole 30 diet as like kind of a training thing once. Um, the, the, <laughs> the hardest part of the whole 30 diet was, was like not drinking any alcohol. Cause like yeah. that's, I mean, for a lot of us, whether, I don't know if we want to admit it or not. It's like, that's a chemical addiction, right? A lot of it's yeah, like totally, habitual, yeah. right? Your brain gets yeah. a little dopamine hit. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. that one's actually really hard to break. And um, <laughs> yes. like I found myself, it was easy. It was like, oh, it's, you know, seven o'clock at night. I just kind of want a drink. Mm -hmm. And without being mindful or without having any self-awareness i it would be so easy to just go do that habit right mm -hmm. yeah um yeah especially and, these days when everybody's sitting around at home all oh the time. yeah it's really hard yeah nowadays mm -hmm. for sure because it's like literally nothing else yeah. to do yeah um, but being aware that okay my body is gonna have a physical response a physical like a craving Mm -hmm. for that and just say oh yep there's that feeling like there's yeah. that there it is and sitting with that and then you know, my trick was always to replace that reward with something different because mm -hmm. it was like really the only way I could get through it mm -hmm. um and for me it was like okay there's that feeling I'm gonna go get a hot tea and like sit and feel the warmth of my teacup mm -hmm. <laughs> which which seems mm -hmm. kind of, I don't know, weird maybe, but like, no, it doesn't. It was, it was like the way I could only get back to like being present and not in your centered um, space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, that there's, boy, we've given people a lot of stuff to be thinking about right now um, in this conversation. Just the way that they are on the external and what the drivers are. What are some of the drivers that cause you to act? Mm -hmm. the way that you do and what are the drivers that make you feel I would almost say overly responsible so that you become in that control space yeah um, what are those factors and how did they get there like I mean I think that's the first part is not to feel bad about them or not to guilt yourself for them but just recognize these are mine like everybody has them mm -hmm. these just happen to be mine these happen to be my feelings of obligation and responsibility and control. These are just yep. the ones that I can't seem to shake. Um, and so rather than turning away from them, it'd be really interesting to reflect on them, reflect on that a little bit and step into them when you sense they're hopping up for you inside, like boom, yeah. there it is. And rather than running or avoiding or trying to become externally controlling, what if we just like, huh, that's interesting. I'm feeling like that. What's behind that? Why am I, why am I feeling like this so much? What's the real source? Right. Yep. I like that. It's just putting, it's just remembering mm -hmm. to think about it for yeah. just a moment before mm -hmm. you act. 
Yeah. And that's such a, it's, it, it sounds simple, but it's hard, but we get lots of opportunities to try that every single day. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to being a human. (laughs) We hope that you've enjoyed today's episode. Our mission is to help people become happier and more effective by gaining insight into their own thoughts and feelings. We'd love your support. First, share this podcast with anyone you think might enjoy it. Second, leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast site. This helps others discover the podcast so we can reach more people. And third, sign up for our newsletter at theselfawarenessjourney.com. This will help us communicate better with you and build our community. Thank you so much for joining us in the self-awareness journey. We'll see you next week.